listening, we don't have like 10 minutes of trying to figure this thing out, but I think we got it now. That was that, yeah. And then the Django keyboard has the, the volume button on here, but I mean, it wasn't turned down that, that, that low, but yeah, we definitely need to get better. So, you know, before we actually get into the core stuff that I want to talk about, you know, I want to talk about just briefly about last year, right? You know, I think obviously we all got hit globally with something that, you know, we're still trying to recover from. But from a perspective of you, from a mental health standpoint and from an athletic standpoint, how did you navigate through the day-to-day to keep yourself in the right state of mind, but also the disruption when it comes to training? Yeah, you know what, though? In the beginning, I was like, I was not a believer at all. I'm not going to get on here and lie. I was like... It's the same thing that happened in 2016. They're going to they gonna go about everything the same, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing I know, I don't watch the news. I hardly ever watch the news. So it's just like, mm. next thing I know, everything starts shutting down. Luckily for me, though, I was at a high school training. And so the only thing that I was affected by was going, being able to go to the weight room. I was living in an apartment in Alabama, so we didn't really have equipment to like just be training and lifting and then I was on the third floor so you just have to be mindful like you know you don't want weights dropping you fall down to the second floor <laughs> so I think the only thing really that I was really affected by was the weight room and so we were able to practice every day still and I was still like you know in the whole mindset of like we're gonna have a season like we're gonna have a season till we're not having a season and then after a while, I did start, I was just like, okay, we ain't having no season. And so me and my coach, we started shutting down. And I got a, a phone call from my agent. I was like, yeah, so, you know, we're going to go to this meet. I'm like, I need, I need to know way ahead of time. Because at that time, we had started really shutting down our season. Like, we weren't going to do anything. And then we got the phone call, and we were just, like, rushing to do stuff. So we were just like, you know what? Just go. I had one meet last year. I, I ran a couple indoor meets, but it wasn't the hurdles. It was like off events for 260. And so outdoor came. I didn't have anything under my belt. And we went to a meet and it was just tragic because it was like, well, you know, the type of year it's been, we literally shut down before we even came here. And so it was just like, I mean, just go ahead, go, just go run something. Like, just go yeah. get out there and have that competitive feel. But it was just like, if I was, in a space that, you know, could have been like, oh, if I run this time, you know, I feel a certain way, but I knew going into that, like what we had planned for, what we did and what we weren't going to do. So I didn't really let it get me. Of course, I was mad that, you know, I ended up getting the race and running a really slow time. But I was just like, you know what? It's not who you are. You know what you've been doing. You know what you're capable of doing. So we ended up just like shutting it down after that. We were supposed to go to another meet, but I was like, ain't nobody got time. take me home take me home and so uh, you know going home and just getting on my right focusing on on this following year you know I think it's so interesting right because uh, especially from an athletic standpoint but the people in general just give it to us straight you know what I'm saying like don't 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 give us this this hope if you know that like I understand you want to be hopeful but when you're trying to peak for a certain time It's hard to kind of trust something like that. So, you know, again, like 
we've, 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 I think the skill in your life, especially from a young age, right, is your adaptability, right? You know, for people yeah. who know you, people who don't know you, like Sharika, you have, you, you're a very joyful person. You like to laugh, you like to have fun. And I think you do a great job, better than most people, of finding the good in tough moments. I literally think I've seen you mad like one time. And <laughs> 2015, but we'll get into that a little later. But where does that come from, right? Because I know you had a tough upbringing. I know you had uh, parts of your childhood where you had to grow up kind of fast. You know, you, you lost both your parents before you were eight, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then your grandmother had a stroke. And mm-hmm. then you had to, and then you stayed with an aunt, right? Mm-hmm. How does a young person be able to still be joyful in the midst of all that pain and kind of confusion growing up? What, what, how did you handle that? Ooh, how did I handle that? Jeez. Um, I think at a young age, you really don't, you don't, you don't really take in all that's happening around you until you grow up and you're older. And now that it happened there, of course you have, you know, those emotions, but I don't think it's as as much as like, you know, understanding as an adult. So mm-hmm. I think with me being so young, I didn't fully understand what was happening. I knew what was happening, but not like to the like if I was if I was an adult. So everybody asks me, like, oh, how can you be so? And it's just like I've had that time to be sad, to to, you know, walk around with a however feeling. And now like I made it through that. So I'm going to be happy for the remaining time that I have on this earth to be happy. So it's just like a lot of things I am not, I am like not, I don't feel a certain way about it, like in a bad way. I feel it, but not, like not in a bad way. And I think it's because, you know, I've, I've had so much stuff already happened to me. Like I've been sad before. So it's just like, now it's just time to be happy and just, try to find the positives in everything that's going to be negative. So I think that's, that's for me, that's what it is. I feel like, you know, it's so interesting because I think everybody handles things extremely differently. And the fact that you said that, you know, you had your time and you had the moment to feel what you feel and feel what you're going through. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I lost a very good friend of mine very early and it made me think about one, how, short life can be sometimes, but also what it's like on the other side as far as, look, I'm still here. There is still something for me to do. Uh, how did you navigate that? Like, was it something that, that, that you kind of pulled out inside of you and said, you know what, I got to live every moment today? Was it something that you kind of worked through? Because I think there's different stages of everything, right? Yeah. I think it just came natural, to be honest. Like, it wasn't like, okay, I need to do this. Like, it was just like, at one point I lost my mom. At another point I lost my dad. Then I lost my grandma. Then I lost uncles and and all of this. And I'm just like, okay, I'm losing all of these people. You know, I'm sad in the moment when it happens, but then you have to live because they say time waits for no one. So you still have to live while you're here. And so I'll have that moment, but it's not like, I don't have it for too long. And that, and that goes in track and field as well. When I lose or I don't run a good time, I have that moment. And I look at it like, okay, here's your moment. You get like 
I'll probably, now I'll probably do like an hour or so. Like I'll have my hour and it just be like, cause it's nothing you can do about it. You literally can do nothing about it. That's what losing people. That's what losing races. That's like life in general, things that you can't control. You have to let it go. So I think it just came natural to me, honestly. And I'm, I'm like, I was a bad kid too anyway. So it's just like, <laughs> I was super tough. You, I never asked you this question. I never asked how you ever got into hurdles because literally every time, <laughs> every time you used to say, you know what, I, I can hoop, I can ball, but you always laugh after. Right. So was sports a thing that kind of came to you early? Was it basketball first? Was it something else? But how did you get into actual track and field and hurdles in general? You know what? So I think the very first sport I ever played was basketball. But that's only because in middle school, I didn't run AAU because, I mean, I didn't know about AAU, one. And then two, I didn't even have the money to run AAU. So, like, it was just like I was never going to do that. So I started wanting to run track in elementary i know we used to have this thing called field day and it's all the kids we'd be out in the field we were doing like the sack potato the 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 dash we would run and i just i don't know it was just something that i wanted to do i was like oh i cannot wait to get to middle school so i could run track but track in in middle school it wasn't it wasn't the first sport so basketball was originally the first sport i tried out for the team i didn't make it but it was the same code whole time you was telling me you could hoop you make the squad i be lying i can't so listen i can <laughs> okay i can mm, i have good defense yeah i can i can i can get rebounds i say I, have i told you i can play basketball because i always say i can't play basketball did i was i lying <laughs> no listen like yo it's kind of nice you know i'm like yeah and then like, I it was a lie. <laughs> and then I, I, I had to be joking because no, I'm trash at basketball. I only say I'm trash because I don't have a shot. Like I could do everything else. Uh, mm, I could dribble a little bit, but uh, I don't have a shot. I'm I'm not that good. I'm really good at defense, though. I I can really I could d somebody up real quick, but shooting is not my thing and, and dribbling. I could dribble enough to like keep the ball in my hand, but no. So basketball originally was the first thing that I played. I tried out for the team. I didn't make it. And it was the same coach um, as a track coach. And so that later on that year, I tried for the track team. I made it. So then the following year, he's like, you're going to be on the basketball team to stay in shape. So that's how basketball came about. Did, did track come to you very, very easily? Were you, did you feel like you were good at it right away? Because I think sometimes, you know, people are late bloomers, but was that, was it like that for you? Yeah, no, track was just like, that was just literally what I was able to do. It came natural. Um, I started off, crazy thing, started off as a 4-200 runner, <laughs> sixth grade. Ooh. I used to do a 4 by 4 the 400, and the 200. And each year, um, I would just change events because I went to, with three different middle schools. So in the sixth grade, I was at a school. I started off as a four, 200, and that was, that was good. Like I was good at it. And then I went to another school my seventh grade year and I was a 200, 100 runner. And then eighth grade, I honestly just walked up to the track coach and I said, Hey, can I hurdle? And she was like, yeah. And 
ever since then, I've been hurling. I saw my, one of my old coaches a while, like after I had already graduated high school and all that. He was like, why you never hurled at all school? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So you, you, you get into hurdles and you ask to do hurdles and it goes well. You know, I think, I think every athlete, every person gets to a point where they realize something that they're in can possibly impact their lives and open different doors for them. What was that process like for you? And when was the moment that you said, you know what, I think I can use this as a gateway to open up because we don't always get that opportunity, right? I think sometimes people see athletes and they see them out there and they're just like, wow, like they're so lucky and this and that. But this is not luck. This is a calculated step-by-step, but you first have to figure out and believe that you can do more. Yeah. What, what, when was that realization for you? You know, it was, re- it was really, really late for me because honestly, I had never, before, before college, I had never seen a track meet on TV. Before college, I had no idea that I can do this before I went to college. When I was in middle school, I was just running just because I wanted to run. Middle school, high school, and then even in high school, I was like, wait, I can get a scholarship to, to, to run, track, really, and go to college? That was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And then it wasn't until I got to college that I was just like, oh, you can actually do, like, you can make a living doing this, like, and so I was like, okay, but literally, I had no idea, so that's why when I run across people who's just like, oh, you're trying to make the Olympics, and they know nothing about track, I understand, because I didn't either, so I'm just like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's more than that, but yeah, yeah. So I saw somewhere where, obviously, I know you went to Arkansas State, but I saw somewhere where you had a little stint in the Juco college life. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's my parts. But I also read that it was very short. <laughs> so <laughs> talk me through that very short stint at South, very, outside very, Mississippi. Very, and why the quick change? Very short. Because you know what? Honestly, it does not take me long to know how I'm supposed to be somewhere, right? <laughs> so, so, okay. After, after high school, I was just like, I was, I was looking at different colleges or whatever, but it ended up being a JUCO. So the JUCO, I went to this JUCO because I didn't take a course class that I needed to go into a, a division one um, school. So I was just like, you know, it's my summertime. I don't want to do that. I'll just go to a JUCO. And being honest, I was, I'm being honest. So I was just like, I'll go to a JUCO. I went there one. It was like, I think, I don't know how far it was from Memphis, but it was a long way from Memphis. I didn't have a car and I didn't have any money. So I was just like, how am I going to get around? What am I going to, like, how can I tell, uh, (laughs) I told this guy that's like my dad I met in high school. I was like, listen, I am leaving if I don't get allowance and a car. (laughs) He thought I was lying. And I came, I came home maybe about a week. Uh, I came home and, and two, I was going to originally come home, but I had a boyfriend at the time who actually got kicked out 
as well. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely leaving. Like we about to go back to Memphis. And so I had, I visited Arkansas State, right? And I was talking to um, this coach, like after I withdrew myself from the college, I was like, okay, so what do I have to do to come to Arkansas State? And then he told me the process and I was like, okay, that's fine. So my first year I had to sit out, but I was still training. I would train by myself or um, off to the side with, with um, Jason Brooks, who I knew um, um, because we were on the same AAU team eventually when I uh, started running for this AAU team in high school. And I would just work every day and I got a full ride the next year. I want to talk about the transition of from being a high school athlete to the collegiate athlete, right? In the NCAA, in high school, in your specific place, you know, every state, I know it is in America, but in Canada, every state, province, you know, there is different levels and different tiers to it. Then when you get to a different level, especially NCAA, you realize that every other athlete was the best in their city or the best in their state. But now you're trying to balance the student athlete life. And I think people don't understand how much of a balancing act that that comes to deal with because you you're an athlete first and trying to do your homework along the way, right? Mm -hmm. You said you didn't run your first year. You were still training, but what was it like finding balance? And what were some of the things that you had to adjust to in a new system, a new atmosphere, but now you get to be and to compete in a school that I think your name is always going to be synonymous with. So talk to me a little bit about that transition for you on the track and off the track. Okay, so we can start on the track. And you know what? It's so much stuff that I didn't know, like moving from high school to uh, running a collegiate track, right? So when I was in high school, honestly, I probably, I probably didn't practice for real, for real until like I got on an AAUC my junior year in high school. So like literally I practiced in middle school and then high school came and it was just like, mm, okay, you can practice, but not practice, practice. So it wasn't like, yeah, come on track team. Let's go practice. We got practice after such and such time after school. It wasn't like that. And so transitioning from that to, to college, I came in and I had to lift weights. I'm like, so what? Lift weights? <laughs> I'm about to lift weights. I'm like, I didn't know you had to lift weights. That was the first thing I was like, huh? Why do I have to lift weights? So that was that was the thing too. That was one thing. And then it was just like, so when I was, um, I, I came here, I was training by myself, which was fine. It just, it was, it was harder simply because like I was running distance that I had never ran before like I'm not I did 300 hurdles in 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 high school but I didn't have to train for that so like training wise I'm running longer distance and I'm like what am I doing this for and so that was that off the track it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad um I had to get my grades together that first year so it was it wasn't really wasn't really that bad because like yeah, I was in the process of just getting my grades and I got my grades that year and I was fine. But as far as like coping with both of them, it was pretty easy for me simply because like my, well, at first I didn't know what I wanted to go to college for, one. But then two, once I did find out, my major was pretty easy. It was journalism. So like that, it wasn't, it wasn't really 
hard. I mean, it's a lot of writing, a lot of reading, but it wasn't really hard uh, um, with that transition from being able to do both of those. You know, you, you always have been confident, at least from what I've seen. You've always been confident. You've always believed in yourself. You've always believed that you could do, you know, obviously great things. But what is your mental walk through when it comes to leading up to competition, right? Mm -hmm. How do you flip on from practicing? You know, obviously they say practice makes perfect and all that good stuff. But sometimes you can be a you can be the a machine in practice, but then you come into meet and it just doesn't come together, right? So what is your mindset going into practice? And then how do you make that shift going into competition? Does anything change? Because I've spoken to many different athletes. Obviously, I've been in it myself. And sometimes practice and competition don't correlate. But for you, what is that going into? Do you change anything? Is there something that you say to yourself as like cues? But what is your mental mindset going into competition and just everyday training? Okay. So my mental is as far as competition, right? I don't want to sound too like like I'm full of myself, but I'm a beast. Like that that is just yeah yeah. <laughs> that is just like <laughs> when it gets down, like that's just who I am. That's just I mean, of course I don't be like uh, I don't just like you know be cocky with it. But it's like listen, I do this. Like I train for this. So when I get on that field, I'm gonna show y'all that I've been working my butt off. And the results are going to, it's going to show that I've been working. So it's just literally, I'm just like, I'm like, I am a beast. Like, and when I lose, listen, I'm like, you know what? You beat yourself. They didn't beat you. You beat yourself. It's something that I did that allowed me to lose that race every time because I know what I'm capable of doing. And so that's how I go, go into races. That's how I go into practice. Like I'm training for this. I'm working my butt off. I'm working hard. And I'm a beast. So listen, if y'all if y'all beat me today, you ain't gonna beat me tomorrow. So 2014, right? I think I think that was a special year. You won an NCAA indoor title, correct? Uh-huh. And then you went out, you won the the outdoor title, right? Running 793, 1252, Wendy. What did that year like what was going through your head that year, right? Because that was the first year that I that was the first year that I saw you. I saw the NCAAs. And it's funny, we were going in the call room and you were doing a stride. And I have always been a mental guy, right? Like I always can tell when somebody is locked in, when somebody is just there, you know, to say they were there. And when somebody's there to dominate and make their presence felt, right? You were not laughing. You had your, you had your music on. Probably had a bad weave. <laughs> I think you have braids. I think you have. Well, you have oh, outdoor, outdoor, but indoor. I just posted a video yesterday indoor, and I was like, why did my friends let me have this week? Oh my gosh. Okay, go ahead. Focused that year, right? What was so different about that year, right? Did you feel confident when you won the indoor title? That same machine that you said that you've been is finally a reality. It's one thing to say it, but when it happens, what was that year like for you? Did you feel when you were telling yourself finally start to come out? And did you feel like you finally lived up to your potential? You know what? Each year when I was in college, I made goals. So like 
my sophomore year, I think I was second team All-American. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Now your junior year, you're going to be first team. And then I said, your senior year, you're going to win. I told myself, like, I told myself that, right? And so indoor came and I had a, I had a, really, I had a really great year, right? And so then national comes and I, I barely make the final though. Like I barely, I was the eighth person to get into the final. I just, I literally, I'm not going, I, I went and I said, yeah, it's definitely no way I'm not winning because I was like, you just got eighth, you just got the eighth spot. That is your retry. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm about to win tomorrow. Like the next day, I was like, Yeah, I'm about to win. I was in lane one indoor in lane one. And I was just like, You gotta go get it. You the last person in here, you gotta go get it. And so that's what I did. And then two, it was just like, I'm Arkansas State. Nobody's really expecting someone from Arkansas State to win. All year, they have been saying, oh, oh, I think even in the video, they said like an underdog and they said like another school or something because all the big schools was in there. Nobody was really paying attention to Arkansas State. So for me to do that and be able to put Arkansas State on the map, I was like, you know, it's people coming from everywhere now, y'all. I can't count them out. And so, yeah, that 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 indoor meet was was crazy. It was fun because I literally barely got in. I was like, yeah, I'm about to win because it's no way I can't win barely making the final. And then outdoor came and, you know, a lot of people started to, you know, talk about you, your name getting out there. Oh, she's from Arkansas State. She's from this. And honestly, going outdoor, I didn't even know I was undefeated. I didn't know because I wasn't paying attention to any of that. Like they were like, oh yeah, her whole outdoor, I think at nationals outdoor, I watched the, the, um, the race and people were like, yeah, she's been undefeated whole indoor outdoor. And I was like, oh, I have, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. Okay. And so then got the job done there. And I was like, oh, Jasmine was coming up on me though. She was, she was definitely coming. And I was like, okay, that's good. That's good. And it was just like two national uh, uh, titles. And I was like, that's crazy. The following year, though, I went to nationals indoor in the 200 and long jump. <laughs> See, you could have you been an heptathlete, really. You really cool. But you know what? I did that. I did that one time in, uh, in high school. I did pentathlon uh, my last year. And I ended up getting second. It wasn't so bad. But you know that 800 is... Oh my God, I can't, I can't. Back, get tight, knees get weak. <laughs> Everything, everything is tight. I can't do it. I want to ask you this, right? Because I think, I think, I think sometimes we don't feel it, or maybe some people do. As your name was starting to get out there more, you already won indoors. Did you feel pressure? You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, sometimes when you're in the midst of just trying to reach your goals, um, you know, obviously good things happen, but sometimes you succumb to the pressure because now you're hearing, oh, hey, watch out for lane lane one or lane five or lane six. Did you ever feel pressure during this time? No, I didn't feel pressure. I just always been like, okay, so, you know, that's when all the interviews start and they all want to, I'm like, I don't want to do no interviews. <laughs> like, leave me alone. I think like, uh, I had like one really big interview and I was just like, 
I, I really rather not because it was like right before nationals and it's just like I don't really want to do an interview but it was just like my coach was like what's your you know you could just go I'm like okay I guess but no I didn't I really didn't feel pressure like I've been pressured my whole day going like so it's just like nah so for those listening right whether you're in a professional sport or a high performing place what is one tip that you would say to someone like how to handle pressure situations, right? Because whether you're in the sporting field, you're giving a presentation, you're trying to close a deal, whatever it is, it's a high performing position, a high performing state. But what is one tip that you would give that would maybe help them deal with the nerves and the calmness to be able to execute? Sure. If I had to give like a tip, I would just don't go looking for it. Like, because if, if you notice everything's on social media, if you stay off of it, you're fine. Like you're you're just gonna be super green to it. You're not gonna you're not gonna see it, you're not gonna hear it. And I think that's that was like a really big thing for me in college. Like I really wasn't on social media. And I'm, let me tell you, 2016, that's when I started being like, oh, you know, let me do this, let me look at this, let me look at that. And it's just like it's not good for you. So just stay away from it. <laughs> delete the app off your phone if you have to because I feel like if you can stay away from that you'll be fine but if you if you're one of those people who just wants to be on social media I I feel like you have to have like short-term memory so you can read it and let it go you can't just keep you can't have it sticking around lingering around you just read it or look at it hear it let it go after your success in 2014 the next year you turn pro right Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about what that process was like, but also talk to me about how did you trust people, right? Because you know how it is. One, people want you when you're doing well, when things are flowing, when you're looking prosperous, when everything is well, but, and that's not in sport alone, that's in life in general. Who and what is your process when it comes to finding the right people to surround yourself with? What are some things that you looked for during this process? Let me tell you, I have to actually just trust my gut, right? Coming out, coming out of college, I was signed with an agent's uh, agency that I went to and it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. Like I could feel it. I'm, I'm, I'm writing, I'm texting, I'm trying to get information and Mind you, coming out of college, I didn't know. Like, it was the same process for me as far as, like, not knowing things. Mm. Uh, Because at the time, like, I just feel like my coach, he wasn't really preparing me to, I'm trying to see how to figure, like, he wasn't really just, like, letting me know the ins and outs. Mm. And so I was, again, green. Like, coming from high school to college, I was green. But I will tell you, my gut never lies to me. So I ended up leaving this agent, the agent that I, w- I originally signed with out of, out of college to go to an agent that I'm currently with now because it was my gut telling me, like, listen, no, this ain't where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And then, two with a coach, uh, I'm, I ain't going to say the coach's name, but I was super excited. Like, the coach ended up hitting me up saying, hey, I want to train you. I was like, oh, you want to train me? Oh, that's where I'm going. I'm like, that's where I'm going. I got there and it wasn't the, it wasn't for me. Like the vibe, just the feeling, it wasn't for me. So I was like, and I'm one of those people that I actually have to be in a situation 
like to know like that's not for me like I needed to go there to be like uh-uh that ain't for you like find somebody else <laughs> like find something else and so I just think it's like a thing like honestly it just be my good and it don't take me long like I think I was with that agent for like two days two or three days and I was like wow yeah this this ain't for me I mean I waited though before I, you know, sent them email, you know, and told them like, listen, this, you have to figure something out. I go somewhere else. Um, and the same with the coach. I was like, I like you, but <laughs> this ain't a fit for me. And I, t- I think too, with that, people always get offended and they take it personal. And it's like, if it was you, you would do what was best for yourself. So that's what I'm doing. Like, I don't understand why people feel the need to get upset when it's a business I'm doing what's best for myself you would do the same thing given the opportunity and so I end up leaving uh and going to a different coach I would I could tolerate for I guess more than five days <laughs> but end up leaving that coach too but <laughs> this was all in the same year right uh 15 yes yes so after the 15 season I end up going to another coach yeah so <laughs> what, 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 what were some of the challenges that people don't talk about that a young athlete looking to turn pro shouldn't look for, right? Because you talked about being green in it, learning everything on the go, trying to figure things out, knowing that this didn't work out once you got the feel for it. But I think that's the stuff that people don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, people, people think that looking out for you um, is gonna somehow not allow them to succeed but what are some of the things that you would tell a young athlete to look out for some of the things that i would tell i would just honestly tell people to do their homework don't be so quick to go with someone or sign with someone know what you're getting yourself into talk to other athletes that had that agent or had that coach you know reach out to those people um, and just, you just have to do your homework, honestly, because I mean, I could say, oh, well, that wasn't a good fit for me, but then it could be a good fit for somebody else. And so it's just all about honestly doing your homework, talking to these people, having conversations, um, being, a, I, I don't, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say being around them, but like, just, you know, I guess a phone call could really give you a feel for somebody, like talk to these people. Don't be so quick to to sign anything um, and, and ask people who, who's experienced what you're going to experience. Um, but I think, I think that's the hard part too, because a lot of times people don't even respond to, <laughs> to like collegiate people, <laughs> like when they're asking them a question, but I, I would just say, just, you know, try to send an email to somebody or, or, you know, just, you just got to try to reach out to people and, and try to, uh, ask them their experience. Your, your experience is not going to be the same because I, 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 I um, ended up talking to this one girl, you know, about my experience at Arkansas State, but her experience was different, you know, and I, and I told people that off the rip, like, listen, the experience I had is mine. Mm-hmm. I loved it. You might not love it. So I'm just giving you my experience. You can take it and, and go run with it however you want to, but that's just, you know, when I'm talking to anybody, even if I'm talking to somebody about my the agents that I'm with or, you know, anything, I'm like, this is my personal experience. This is, this is what I went through. This is how I felt. Yeah, and I think that's important. Right? I think sometimes people, 
forget that it's a personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> every situation, every person's different because we're all different. And I think finding what works for you, right? Yeah. Especially every step of the way. Um, your intuition has said, you know what? This ain't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Southwest Mississippi, Arkansas State worked very well that he came out here. And But I think once you get to the professional ranks, right? Even though in those first couple of years you were dealing with the transition from that and the coaching, you still ran one of the fastest times of all time in women history down there in 12 in 1237 but you were also in a field in an event where literally on any given day somebody could run that time right so just because you run 1237 doesn't mean that that's going to win right what is the when you turn professional did you know that you had to elevate yourself to a different position what was the competition like in because you know 100 meter hurdles in America is deep. Mm-hmm. But I always get the feeling that you're a person that likes the challenge. Did anything change mentally for you competition-wise when you turned professional? No, you know what? <clears throat> I think it was hard for me transitioning from, from high school to um, collegiate because in high school, I had like a couple girls that were faster than me. But in college, it's like, oh, so she fast, she fast, she fast too. It, they, everybody fast. So it's just like, okay, everybody's fast. So transitioning from collegiate to professional, it was just like a walk in the, a walk in the park because it was just like, okay, all these people that's here, you've already went, you've already seen everybody that is fast. So adding a couple more faster people isn't going to make a difference. So it's just like, for me, it was just like that transition was way easier. So it was just like, all right, I've already experienced all these girls that was fast. Now we just add a couple more in there. That's fine. It's okay. I'll get, I'll get over it. So it was never anything that really, that really took the script, so to speak, because you knew that the higher that you get up, the faster everybody would be. But like, you know, I think, I think we have to have a method when things don't go away. Obviously, your life has kind of prepared you for the ups and downs of sport by itself. But you, again, going back to the time where I said, I've only seen you mad like once, but then the next day you were back to being your old you. How do you not take a loss to heart so seriously on the track? Does that stem from life? what life has, you know, the cards you've been dealt in life. But for everybody listening and for those who are wondering, what are some tips that you could give to turn a negative into a positive and use it as a teaching moment? Yeah, I had to learn. I really had to learn that once the race is over, it's over. So it's just like you lost. Go back, watch what you did. Watch what caused you to lose and fix it. Like, it's no, it, you can't be mad. I, I think in 15, I was probably mad all day, though. Like, I think I was mad all day until the next day. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm just like, okay, I lost. You can't fix it. <clears throat> you can only move forward from it. So it's just like, why am I going to be sad all day? Why am I going to let 
a 12 second or a seven second raise ruined my whole mood. Like you just got to go back to the drum board. And so I just say have short term memory because you have to have that. And it's just like, okay, it happened. I ain't saying like just go and party because even when I'm at meets, like, and if I lose, I'm not going to party, but I'm not going to be like mad all day, but I'm just saying like find something that takes your mind away from that and turn it into a positive. Like, shoot, instead of going partying, go look at your videos or go look at the, the practice video, see what you did there that you made a mistake in your race or something to go toward what you want to do moving forward. But you can't stay mad all day. You know, 2015, for those of us that were talking about the World Championships, right, where that was the year you ran 12.37, and, you know, it obviously didn't go the way that you wanted it to. And then that was the day that you said you were mad and you were upset. But then the next day, you know, <laughs> the next day we're talking, you're like, yo, you want to go to Chinatown? You want to go to the market? And so we went... And, you know, that's a whole different story by itself. <laughs> what did I buy? Did I buy some bundles of hair? Oh, you, wanted a, you wanted a camera lens. Hey, didn't I buy a camera, though? I bought a lens, I think. Yeah, but I think it broke, didn't it? Yeah, it was broke. But, I mean, you expect that anyway. <laughs> you expect that when you buy little for nothing. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. But it was interesting because it just goes to show being able to separate the two, right? What? When you are away from the track, how do you find balance? You're a journalism, you have a journalism degree, but you're also, I know you're big into fashion as well too, and you're big into other things. What do you do when you're not away from the track? Because I think too many times athletes think they can only be good in one thing. But there's yeah. parts to it. How do you find balance? Well, now I'm just like always in the house because <laughs> one, uh, I'm either... I'm either at practice, at weights, cooking, which is, that's like right there takes up all my time. Or either, I'm either at those three places or I'm at the school um, with the kids because my boyfriend, he's an assistant coach. So by the time I get done doing that, I don't have any more time <laughs> for myself. I have dogs as well. So they take up a portion of my time. And then I, I've, I've um, started to get into my major journalism. I've started taking pictures and all of that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I, the, I just feel like the time just, it all goes together when I'm doing so much stuff because I'm like, oh yeah, I've got time to do this. And then it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. just like, sit down. So <laughs> I am, because now we have, we have a, a garage gym, a weight room. So that's easier to where I don't have to go and go to a, a, a weight room to go lift. So that cut off a little bit of time, but I still be in there for like an hour, 30 minutes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, we try to do better. Like we said, because now since we have the kids in the afternoon, we try to make sure that we're, we're eating breakfast, we're lifting early and then practicing so that we have time to come and get lunch and then go to see the kids. Uh, and then after that, we have more free time, but we'd be tired after we get done with that. So you know, I, I, I it's just time managing. Like you have to be able to like, okay, write down what you want to do. Like at eight o'clock, it doesn't have to be exactly eight o'clock, like eight oh five though. Get like, you know, just write down what you want to do. Um, because the time, I promise you, it it goes by quick. 
I mean, time management as a professional is one of the biggest things that will help you. Yeah. If you want to get to a certain level. Um, I want to talk about this before we get into the last five easy questions. Um, you have obviously gained experience over the years, but now you've kind of made this full, full, full circle back to where things started to take off for you. Right, Arkansas State, I'm sure, on the track um, was a good time. You, you made everything felt off the track. They're like family to you, so to speak. I would think from our conversation with what I've seen, what was it like coming back to a place that kind of helped you springboarded your life? Like, what is that like? I'm sure the love was crazy. Yeah, it's not kind of. It's not, it's not kind of. It definitely did. Yeah, no, this is like... This is like the, the chapter two of where it all started. <laughs> chapter one is in Memphis, but chapter two is like Arkansas State. And so coming back here, I was like, ooh, we about to bring a medal back to Arkansas. I was like, okay, okay. Because I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Like we're here for a reason. And so I just like to think that reason is something that's, you know, gonna bring us some some real happy times. <laughs> so I'm just like, literally back, it, it's so crazy because <clears throat> I ended up, oh, child, ended up going back to, to uh, this, this coach that I was with in 2015 last year, yeah. right? I was in Texas and me and my boyfriend, we were like, you know what? we can do this. Like we can, we know what we need to do. We can do this. Right. So then at that time we were just going to be in Texas. I get a phone call. It's the coach. I'm like, huh, that don't sound so bad. Like maybe, you know, it's a little different than it was in 15. Got here, long story short. It wasn't different, but we, we were there. We were in Alabama and that was fine. Yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer. Everything happens for a reason because we're in Alabama. We're at a Birmingham meet and Arkansas State is there. Mm. Me and my boyfriend, we're there. We're competing. And my boyfriend just jokingly said to the head coach, hey, coach, if you ever need a coach, you know, I'm available. And I kid you not, about a month or two later, the head coach is, hey, what's uh, Will's number? I'm like, my boyfriend? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I was like, Wow, that is crazy. Like, originally, we were never going to even be in Alabama. And then that that situation didn't work. And it's just like, we needed to be there for this. And I'm like, it's so crazy. It, it just be so crazy because I really be thinking, I'm, I'm me and my boyfriend, we talking like, yo, this is crazy. And so everything literally be happening for a reason. And so coming back here. I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to be back here. You know, I can give some advice to the kids that's there. Um, uh, just experience. Like, I'm just like, that's good. I'm under my boyfriend's belt. I'm a volunteer coach. So, like, I'm just there, honestly, just, you know, just to, to give, like, I don't know, personal opinion. I don't know. Um, because I'm still learning, like, the whole coaching thing anyways, but. It's just so cool. Like, it's so cool. We have everything that we need here in Arkansas. So I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be dope. And then here go COVID. We're messing up everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also think like, 
you know, your your presence there will speak louder even if even if you don't speak all the time, right? Because they've they've now seen someone who went to the same school and went to the same ranks and had success at every step along the way. And yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes all we need is a little guidance because I think hope needs to be seen and needs to be shown. And mm. I'm just waiting for when I see the post about them giving you the key to the city. <laughs> that would be nice. Or the key to the school because I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if you got a statue. I literally would not be surprised. Okay, now, okay, now, if I got, if I got that, you child, listen, you hear it now, you hear it now, they ain't gonna be able to tell me nothing, they gonna be like Sharika, yeah, Sharika with the statue, okay, <laughs> hey, <laughs> comes up. who gonna take it down, nobody, <laughs> let's, let's get into these last five questions, not supposed to be anything hard, it's last one, five questions that I make everybody do, Question one, if you were trapped on a deserted island for a week and you could only take three things, what are three things you would take? Ooh, three things that I would take? I was trapped on the island, three things I would take. Ooh, some water. Okay, so does my hair stuff count as like one big thing or? You can say hair products and water. Okay, hair products, water, hair products, and my boyfriend. Three things, three things. Okay, okay. Question two, you you remember the show Fear Factor, right? Yes. So you know the crazy things that they have to do. You have to pick between a stir fry, right? You know stir fry. But in the stir okay. fry. Is, Some kind of catch to it. Stir fry is spiders, cockroaches, snakes. Um, I'm going to throw in some, some spinach in there for, you know, health. <laughs> health purposes, wellness purposes, or you have to swim with sharks. Which one are you doing? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to swim with the sharks. You're not messing with the stir fry? No, nah, I have to eat it? You have to eat it. No, I'm not going to eat that. Hopefully I have some kind of protection. <laughs> I'm in a cage or something. <laughs> Question three, you know, and, and, and I think I think this would be, again, this next question, I don't think it would be too far-fetched for it to become a reality. Um, if there was a movie about you, who would play you? Who would play me? That is a really good question. Who would play me? Like little me as a little kid? You can give me a little kid and you can give me adult. Ooh. Okay, so if it was like around this time, I think I could play myself as an adult. But if it was a little kid, who would I want to play me as a little kid? Ooh, I don't know. I would play myself as the adult though. That's a real. That's as real as it gets. Like you can't go and find somebody that's going to be like. And you, I can like act, it. you can act a little bit. You know, we can make it. We can make it work. <laughs> we can make it work. We might take a whole lot of cuts, but we can make it work. Hey. Question four, you know, I think there is, I think everybody sees us in two different lights. Um, what is one of the biggest misunderstandings about Sharifa? People think, people think I am the B word. 
<laughs> they really do. And I think, I think it's like my resting whatever face that people think that I'm just like such a whatever. But I'm really cool though. Like only time I'm like that is when the vibe is off. That's it. That's that's definitely true. Because like I've never I've never seen anything of what you're saying and what they mean. It's never the guys, though. It's always the women. We're going to leave it alone. We're going to leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) With, with, With everything that you've been through, from young to now, everything you've been able to accomplish, everything that you represent, everything that you've aspired to be, if there was one word to describe Sharifa Nelvis, what would that one word be and why? Happy. Because I've already had my sad moments, so I'm just happy. Hmm. Sharifa, where can people keep in contact with you? Uh, man, you know, send you little DMs about coming to school. Yeah, <laughs> I've be, I, I been reading those um, requests, DMs, requests that they're not too crazy. I'll open them and reply to people. But no, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, hurdle underscore holic. It's as simple as that. Or you can it's, just type in Sharika Novis. It's crazy because literally, like, for, like, she, if you're a young, happy listener to this, and maybe you want to go to Arkansas State, Sharika will read these messages. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not going to say she's going to pass in the word like that, but if always she pass in the word. Listen, I always pass in the word, right? Because, you know, I'm heavily connected. So then I got the coach in there, and then Dude. I got the head coach, like, hey, coach, you know, Again, you you talking. I've already done two athletes. I feel really good about it, too. I've talked to multiple people, but as far as, like, you know, because when when the whole volunteer thing came out, I don't know if people thought I was just, like, coaching, coaching, or something. Mm -hmm. They were in my DMs. I'm like, I can pass it along. I don't have no problem with that at all, at all. And they can do what they want to do with it. But I'm just letting you know, I'm just a volunteer. (laughs) I can put a bug in the ear, but I'm just a volunteer. So no, I just no problem at all. If you put a little something on it, like layaway, you know what I'm saying? You put a little something on it. (laughs) (laughs) But Sharika, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And again, the statue, 2023. This is recorded, right? So you got to keep this because when it happens, Oh, yeah. person said it. (laughs) (laughs) No problem, man. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciate it. I had fun. All right, Shrika. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.